As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Nando's right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite form of entertainment ever. It's under the radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. With me as always, for the first time in six weeks, your friend of mine, Dick Good morning. Welcome back. My friend and yours, Ian Kahn. It is so good to hear the opening. I must say, DVR did an excellent job. I did a poor job, but to get the original kahuna back is a thrill. That's right. It feels good. Welcome back. Welcome back, Big Man. Feels good, yeah. I've been resting my pipes waiting for this. Uh, disclaimer right at the top of the show. And for the both of you, you already know this. Um, since I've been kind of on baby leave, I, and uh, you know, I've, I've got some teams that are in contention and some that aren't. Basically, if the guy's not on my team, I'm probably not going to be as much help as you two are. <laughs> DVR, on, we're talking second base. Say, last night I told DVR, I'm like, listen, man, you're going to have to make this rundown because uh, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know what's going on, but I don't know, like, you know, what are Brandon Jury's splits in July? Here, here's what I, here, I have. One thing I have to say. For the last six weeks, I've been like dancing around where Nando is. People are like, is Nando off the show? Where's Nando? And I'm like, Nando will be back soon. And then all of a sudden, like, cause we didn't want to like say why it was that you're out of town, why you weren't doing the show. And then for within 15 seconds, it's on baby watch. Oh, I thought you like, <laughs> no, <laughs> we had like literally, no, it's fine. It's just we had literally been so, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Oblique, obscure. Uh, mindful, just like don't you know? I got it. Well, listen, how about you know what I mean? Why don't we beep that part out? Uh, <laughs> no, and then no, no, the mystery will remain. Not, no, but now everyone knows. I'm just, I just wish that we could have said because congratulations, my friend. It's oh, just thanks. a wonderful thing for you. Yeah, it was a complete was, chaos. Yeah, complete crazy. You got three now, man. I, I don't. Oof. I'll tell you smokes. what. Knock on wood. I've not bothered Dr. Thomas Scott yet with questions. Nice. As I, what, what I thought you were about to say is, knock on wood, we're already pregnant with a fourth. I was nah, like, nah, oh, knock on wood. <laughs> we're good. But the point, the point of the whole thing is, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have been through this before when you hit a stretch when you just have to prioritize. Your, your pyramid of needs has flipped. Um, so, like, I'm, you know, my ale only team, I cleaned house. Like, I, mean, I was diet. I wanted to jump on a couple weeks ago and just go over what I did with my ale only team because you, you, would, you two would have hated it. Um, and yes, it has backfired a little bit. Uh, but like, I, like I was researching the crap out of all the players involved here and like, I'm still milb hunting. I'm still doing all this and that, but you know, DVR put together a list of second basemen and I'm like, man, I have no idea what Tommy Edmonds been doing at all. Like in struggling. the last six weeks, struggling, struggling, struggling. He's been struggling. So we're going to talk second baseman. And then, uh, he took some swings at who are Nando guys and spoiler alert. Uh, none of them are. What? Come on, that's got to be. Well, you know, I started. Gerald Walsh became a a Nando guy from this show, and I was like, I never looked closely enough at Gerald Walsh, so I'm gonna, you know, look a little. You make your cases if you want them to be Nando guys. I think actually, uh, Joey Menezes is is probably the closest. Lars Newbar, I like, but I mean, I don't, I don't love. I don't think his average was there where I wanted it to be. Justin Steele, I have in a bunch of teams, uh, mostly CBS leagues, where he can slot into the relief pitcher spot. Um, So yeah, maybe. We'll see. I put Lewis Brinson in there myself. Did you? <laughs> I was wondering where that came from. He's Lewis hitting Brinson like 300 with 22 home runs. I mean, you know, what more can the guy do? 
Yeah, that's what he does when he's in AAA. I read something this week where they were talking about Joe Adele. And I forget who who wrote it on Twitter, but it was sort of like, this is the end of the Joe Adele is going to be something in the future stage of life. I don't know if I agree with that, but he's certainly somebody that we, we've we talked about a good amount on the show. Um, and when I see Lewis Brinson, I sort of think of Joe Adele, top 10 prospect. Adele was top, was number one prospect on some lists for quite, quite a, quite a period of time. But yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about the second baseman, more excited just to hear your voice and to uh, welcome you back. It's just good to have the, the gang back together again. Though, though DVR and I had a, had a good time. We, we did our, we did our, our, our two man booth for a while. Thanks to Ariel Cohen. For uh, hopping in that one week, uh, but otherwise uh, it was just kind of me and DVR banging banging ideas around, and now we get to bang a little bit louder. It's just more fun. How come you didn't invite a uh, third people in more frequently? I don't know. I think it was I was on the road so much that it, oh no, we also excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. We also had Patrick Davin on the show. I yeah. don't know if you heard that one, but that was that was a lot of fun too. Um, and I wanted to get Robert Mershak. Ah! On the show, and it just never happened yet. But I think we'll we'll find a way to do that in the off season to sort of talk about where all of our teams landed. It's been a very very exciting time. It's been a trade deadline, uh, deadline of Palooza. Can we say that it's been a deadline of Palooza? I think that in works. some leagues, yeah, it's really been uh, it's been quite something. It's been quite something. Now I'm now in Fire Island, my last uh, my last week away on this magical mystery summer tour, and I'm ready to go home. So you uh, decided to go to Fire Island after seeing the reality show, right? Oh no, that no. wasn't that was you know we've been going to Fire. I know, Island man. I'm joking. For I know. Six years. <laughs> I haven't seen the reality show. Um, I don't think it's a reality. It might actually just be like a show. I don't. Maybe it's yeah, not I think a it's a TV show. show on Hulu. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a it's a uh, no. It's a really great place, Fire Island. If you live in the Northeast and you have the ability to give a place a try, I would try Fire Island. They're literally deer walking the streets. There's no cars. It's just like deer and people. My wife loves it there. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. It's really great. It is. It's like it's a nice great. little oasis that, you know, it's not the Jersey Shore. It's it is. Not, yeah. It's t- it's unlike any place in America that I've been yeah. where you literally, it just feels like you're on another planet and we're here for the week. So it's really nice. So come on by and say hello. Yeah. Come on by. Come on down. Let's get into it. Actually, but before we get into the second baseman, uh, I just want a quick opinion and I'll start with DVR since he's been mysteriously quiet. The Houston Astros are going to promote um, Hunter Brown who's been pretty awesome in the minor league. I, th- I think we actually might have featured him in one of our Milb Hunter segments. But, uh, like, I've got him in my Dynasty League. I picked him up as a regular $1 guy, uh, you know, because the minor league, it's a mess with the minor league drafts. But anyway, the point is, um, he's had this amazing season in the minors. Uh, and it, like, I, I think it's still pretty vague what they're going to do with him. Like, is he going to be a long reliever? Is he going to be a six-man rotation-y kind of thing? Is he going to fill some spot starts? Uh, Diver, how are you approaching Hunter Brown in terms of A, his role, and B, fabbing him uh, once he gets called up. I think he's worth a pickup in at least 15-team mixed leagues. I think if we get clarity that he's going to start, that would push him onto the radar in just about any league because the skills are great. I mean, the numbers at AAA this year have been very good. There's always been an issue with walks, but compared to where he was back in 2019 and even when he first made it to AA uh, back in 2021, he's improved that a little bit. We've seen the Astros use their their next best starter as a long reliever and have a lot of success with that. And then as soon as the need arose, they would push someone, Christian Javier, probably the most recent example, into a more prominent role. So if you're in a multi-year league and he's available, you're definitely interested even if he's a reliever. And if you're in a redraft league, the innings might just be good enough for him to be the last pitcher in. And I think the, the wild card in all of this could be Justin Verlander. Uh, if Verlander stays on the IL for more than the minimum, that might create some opportunities in the final weeks of the season where perhaps the Astros want to give Luis Garcia a rest, possibly give someone else in that rotation, Javier, maybe even a rest as well, just because their innings are starting to pile up compared to previous norms and they expect to be playing deep into October. So, yeah, I'm definitely in on Hunter Brown. Ian, where, I mean, are you, uh, let's say you've got 21 fab dollars left in a, let's call it a 15 team mixed league and then we'll talk ale only. Where, uh, where are you on Hunter Brown? Well, um, I'm more interested in him in a keeper league if he's available. Where is he on, where is he on your dynasty list? Uh, I'm not sure right now. I'll look, I'll look too, it up. You too, keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah. 
Um, but the uh, but he's uh, he's a he's a good he's a good player. He's a good pitcher. I, I think he is going to start coming out of the bullpen. I don't know how much value he's going to bring this year to it. Um, but I think I think long term he's going to be a really uh, valuable piece if he can stay healthy. You know, I mean, one of the things about these rookie pitchers, I just I'm allergic to them, man. I just don't I I, I don't I don't want them. I don't want to. I don't want to mess with them at this point in the season. If you're in a competitive situation, I guess in an AL only league, I could see it. But I think he's going to be more of what DVR said is sort of a long guy, uh, middle reliever guy. Uh, yeah, like a, a long reliever. Maybe he gets a spot start, but I don't think he's going to put you over the top. I could be wrong, but I, I don't see him going six innings. Hunter right Brown, three fifty-two. Any incons? He should yeah. be. He should be higher than that. Forrest Whitley did not make it. No, Forrest Whitley did not make it. Um, yeah, that I wanted to get a list out of the, of the top players for everybody, uh, right before the trade deadline, I think it was August 15th. And thanks again to Brandon Funston for, uh, making that happen. Oh yeah. Funston, the text that I got from Funston, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ian has a lot yeah, of duplicates like, on this list. <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. Ian's got a lot of misspellings on this list. <laughs> yep. There you go. There you go. That's why oh, I'm retiring. Man. That's why I'm going to be retiring from making that list. No, come on. Everyone loves it. It does well. People love it and it does well. Yeah. And yeah. But uh, but so in terms of Brown, like I, I'm thinking of him more as a more as a keeper dynasty. He's going to be owned in dynasty leagues at this point. But there are some keeper leagues where he'll be available and I can see him bringing back some value in the in the coming years for sure. I mean, he wasn't like he was there was zero hype whatsoever, basically with him coming. You know, like he's not like one of those top prospects. You heard his name a bunch of times. He just started popping a month and a half ago. Right. Or am DBR, I just in the wrong what, circles? DBR, is that what you would think? No. He's never been in that the next big thing group of prospects. But I think if you if you look at organizational lists, I think he's been the next guy ever since the Whitley injury stuff started up. Whitley's been okay. His last couple starts, nine innings, six hits, three earned runs, three walks, and 12 strikeouts. That's 12 Ks in nine innings. Nine base runners in nine innings, so that's a one whip and a three ERA. I don't think he's going to get called. I don't think. I mean, I think this is probably just like let's see what Force Whitley can do at the end of the season. So it is exciting. We're watching guys get called up now. I mean, Corbin Carroll came up. I I, I, I caught his number. His first hit is double into the left center field gap. Um, looks just just it's so much fun. I think that the we didn't really know this at the time, but the new collective bargaining agreement, what it gives you is it gives you guys who are going to come up because the upside of him starting the year next year up with some with his feet wet gives you the upside of a possible draft pick uh, at the end of the season next year. It's really it's really exciting. DVR put together a, a beautiful section called Second Base, a surprisingly bad position, and made a list of the Rotowire earned value. Quick note, Trey Turner won't have second base eligibility next year, so the best players this position uh, this season by Rotowire earned value. $26, the top guy, Marcus Simeon. Drury at 26, Edmund at 23, Altuve at 23, uh, Andres Jimenez at 23, and then uh, Estrada at 16, Arias at 16, Cronenworth at 16, Trevor Story at 16, DJ LeMahieu at 14, Brendan Rodgers at 14. Um, DVR, I assume like Ty France would have been in here, right, if he hadn't gotten hurt? Yeah, but he's not going to have eligibility at second base. All right, sure. right, right. Right. But he does now. Right, but I think we're looking uh, next year – so it's 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 a little weird. It's it, watching looking at the second base list. DVR, what is your what is your vibe on it? I think there's a handful of players that are good right now at the position that I'm really not sure about for the future. I mean, this seems like the best Brandon Drury can ever be, but how far does he fall next season? Right, not starting the year in Cincinnati in a park that boosts up home runs. That's a that's a huge unknown since he'll be a free agent, I believe. I think this is also a position that's in flux, though, because a few young guys got hurt. Right? Ozzy Albies missed a lot of time this year. Jess Chisholm missed a lot of time this year, and they could be among the very best players to position again. Albies has already reached that level. So I do think some of this is injury. Some of this is that a lot of teams mix and match at second base. A lot of second base eligible players are also eligible at other spots. And I think players like that don't always have everyday roles. They sometimes fall short playing time-wise. Um, but everybody on this list, though, of all the players here, the one that I'm trying to figure out the most is Andres Jimenez. 
Like, is this a, a new level that he's going to sustain on the way to long-term early round value? And because the the power, especially the in-game power, is above a, above the level that I expected to be at. I am. If you were asking that just to anyone, I look at this list, and the guy I'm all in on is Andres Jimenez. Like, if anyone will take my even like Marcus Semyon for Andres Jimenez, I'm doing it. And I mean, I, that's probably not breaking news or a hot take in a in a dynasty league. But I like Andres Jimenez was supposed to be amazing. And I remember people thinking like Ahmed Rosario is going to start the year in the minors two years ago, I think, when, when that was when there was like the battle in camp. Um, and then everyone forgot about him this year. And it's like, you know, the dude was still young. He just needed maybe a little more seasoning. Um, and from here on out, it's just kind of like a rocket ship. So... I mean, he was the he was the he was the main part of the trade. Like it was the the Lindor trade was all about getting Jimenez, if I remember this correctly. I mean, it was both of them. I mean, th- that trade looks different today because of what Jimenez is doing, and frankly, what Ahmed Rosario has been doing this season. They've both been really, really good players, and they put the Guardians in position to make the playoffs in a way that you wouldn't expect. I mean, that was a that ends up being a semi smart trade. Would you rather pay three hundred million for uh, Francisco Lindor? And have that or just pay the base minimum for Jimenez and for Ahmed Rosario over the course of the next little while. And then eventually they'll make some. But there was other, there was another part to that trade. Do you, do you know who that other part of the trade was? I thought it was Isaiah Green. No, I want to. I'm curious. I'm just Lindor trade. If we put in Lindor trade. Isaiah Green and Josh Wolf. All right. So it really is. It really. It's those two guys. But those two guys have been. Kind of remarkably good. Josh Wolf is having a terrible year. But Jimenez, I, I don't know. I'm not going to pay. Well, who knows? It, where, where where do you go with him? I mean, where are you taking? If if the second base is as challenging as we're saying that it is, though I think that there's some guys down at the bottom that I like just fine. But if second base is as challenging as it is, what round DVR are you taking Andres Jimenez in next year? If he falls to that spot where you go, all right, that's it. Not where you're going to reach for him. But what round are you like, yeah, no, now? I got a number in my head. If we're talking about a 15-team league, yep. I was thinking about the fifth round. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Nando, are you going to beat that? Are you going to go to the fourth or the third? Um, I think I could see myself if I'm at like, well, I'm trying to do the math. Wait, one, uh, so if I'm like the third pick overall, I guess so I'd be the, you know third to last in that fourth round. I might jump on him. Um, but I guess it goes back to how much do you believe in the rest of these guys? And for me, it's not that much. Like, is there anyone worth waiting on? Maybe Jose Altuve's value will be suppressed a little bit. It will be. He, he'll, he'll, he'll be suppressed. Although, if you look at the numbers for Altuve with 12 stolen bases, 22 home runs, a 284 average. I mean, all right, that's a, that's a fair question. Just pure redraft, because I'm so much more fascinated with redraft at this point. Well, because you've, you've mastered Dynasty? If you had to pick next year in the fifth... Are you taking Jimenez or are you taking Altuve? Let me ask you this. Where's Nolan Gorman in this? Because I think Nolan Gorman's going to be the guy who's like the third round second baseman. No, he'll be like the 12th round second no, baseman. No, Nolan Gorman. I think people, really? Yeah, yeah. no, he's, he, he can't hit. I mean, he the, the concerns about him coming up have sort of come to fruition. I think he's probably hitting. Last I looked, it was like 237. There's power there, but no, he's, yeah, but. And by the way, Nolan Gorman's one of the people I paid attention to because I have him on my teams. So that that's not me just being like surprised. Like this is me being surprised at people's perception of his value. Like the dude has he's got thirteen home runs and two hundred eighty at bats. Yeah, but that equates to twenty six home runs. How many stolen bases does he have? Yeah, as a twenty two year old though, who's you know, like who know? What if he finishes September with seven more home runs, something like that? Gets the average yeah, up. Yeah, he. But he started he started his first hundred with like seven or eight home runs, if I remember correctly. Like he came out real hot. The league has made an adjustment to him. He's gonna need to make an adjustment. You know, I, I, he's just not somebody he's not somebody to really consider until he's a later round pick. You'll you'll be safe taking him later um, and you may and you very well might be right, but you don't have to spend a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth or ninth on him. I wouldn't think I think you get him in the 10th. Well, then maybe I don't pick anybody early and I wait on him. If that, I mean, if he's going to be that late, but I don't think I think he's going to be that hot name next spring that people are just going to jump on. I think Andres Jimenez is going to be the hot name that everybody's going to want to jump on because of the stolen bases. Because not only has he stolen 15 bases, but he's only been caught twice. 304 average, 367 OBP, 492 slug. It's it's a very impressive season this guy's put together. And he was getting grabbed in the 17th, 18th round. I know we grabbed him in 
I grabbed him in one league in, in that area. But if we were just talking, we're in the fifth round, and it's Jose Altuve is available and Jimenez is available. Which way are you going, Nando? I'm going to go him. Uh, oh, man. I'm still going to go Jimenez. I believe I believe in everything. Um, man, it's tough to just, I mean, but like it seems like just shiny new toy versus like the guy you know is going to perform for you. I just think Jimenez has a little more to grow, and that growth is going to push him path, past Altuve. I think, look, he certainly does have more to grow, and Altuve has more to lose. So this that's why it's an interesting uh, question, an interesting spot for me. With second base being, if we're going to call it the, this year's third base DVR, which way are you going? Are you going Altuve or are you going Jimenez? I tend to play more on the longer track record side, so I think I would take Altuve if the price ends up being the same. The one difference that I'm, I'm staring at right now is the hard hit rate. Altuve's got a 31% hard hit rate. It's not way out of line with his career norms. He's 32.3% for his entire career. But Jimenez is almost at 40% for batted balls at 95 plus, 39.1%. So the batting average might be totally legit with Jimenez, and I think that hard hit rate helps support that power as well. So the, the category that I was most skeptical of over the course of the season with Jimenez pretty well backed up by the numbers quality of the lineup might be the one thing that still swings it back to Houston though and that's why I'll make the call to Altuve is because that lineup top to bottom when healthy is awesome and the Guardians though good Jimenez is batting fourth on that team fifth on that team sometimes if I'm taking a second baseman in the fifth and they're both there, it's an interesting question, actually, because now I'm like, eh, I'm going to take Jimenez, dude. Jeez, that might be awfully fun. But the guy that I'm kind of waiting on is the Jean Segura of it all. You wait until the fifth, the 12th or 13th or 14th round to get your second baseman. He's going to give you the old Ariel Cohen 10, 10, and 10, you know, or 80, 80 runs if healthy, 15 home runs, 12 home runs. 12 stolen bases with a 270 average. That's how you win championships. You win championships with guys like that. And there's another guy later. Is he on this list? Luis Rangifo. I really like Rangifo an awful lot. I feel like that team's going to reload. Like that that Angels team is such a mess that I feel like. Oh, now we got to talk. Wait, we, we, let's get back to the second baseman. Do you, what was the meeting like? What? Nando. What? Well, DVR let us know that last week that you were on a plane heading to Los Angeles to drive up to Anaheim <laughs> to have a meeting <laughs> with Artie Moreno to discuss with him that you really didn't think he should sell. And this is why. So we're just I'm curious. Um, how, how did that meeting go? What was the flight like? Did you did you fly JetBlue? Did you go first class? Did you go coach? Uh, did, did Moreno was he happy to meet with you? Was he a little bit annoyed to meet with you? Was he like, oh, Nando, you don't understand. We've been through so much. Like what? What? What were you? What were, what are your feelings coming out of that meeting? Well, Maria, Moreno, he he offered the private jet, and I said no. I don't want you know the carbon footprint thing. I don't want to get you know any kind of backlash for that. So I drove. You drove. Yeah, I drove. You you drove across the country. Yeah, that's why I couldn't do last week. Okay, fair enough. He came with me. I had him in the back. Uh, oh come on, you got what? I mean, it's bad enough. I, like, we're really going to talk about the gender of the baby here now? No. Oh, so, oh yeah. All right. Yeah. There, I'm, there, I'm there joking. Goes. <laughs> there it goes. There. You're right. Uh, so uh, yeah, you know what? I, I I told him. I said, "I'm like, listen, man. Good for you. Cash out, dude. You were a wonderful <laughs> owner. You spent money on Shohei Otani." <laughs> You kept Mike Trout around. Like, get your, get your money, double double it, and then go do something, whatever you want with it. You know, you want to buy another team? Go buy an you, NBA you buy, team and make yeah, it, be the go. number one owner there. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. Go buy the Sacramento Kings and keep them terrible. Yeah, seriously. I don't know why people. Why are people blaming Artie Moreno for the Angels being bad? Like the dude bought I mean, every. Like he he spent so much money on players. Albert Pujols. How many how many championships have they won? Well, that's Perry Manassian's fault. Two thousand three, they won. They won the championship. Is it two thousand three? No, two thousand two. I think it was two thousand two. They won before he bought the team. Is that right? That's too yeah. bad. That's that's a darn shame. Yeah, that's right. He bought in two thousand ten. They had sustained sustained success. Sustained. I mean, that team. That note was very similar to a note you would get from a dynasty league owner. Sometimes you want to leave dynasty leagues. Sometimes you've won so many times, you're like, all right, I'm done. Sometimes you're in the middle so much, and you're like, all right, I'm done. And then sometimes you've just made such a trash heap of the team that you're like, I can't fix this. So instead of fixing this, I'm tapping out. No. And, oh, that happens. That happens. And That that's team is just going to keep like. appreciating in value. 
Yeah, it might once he sells. Like I mean, that team, they, Mike Trout, that team is Shohei so Otani, screwed. You're in Los they're Angeles. Sh- like, there's no. I mean, that's gonna be like that's a 2.5 billion dollar team at least. I mean, and what do you buy it buy for? Like 450 million. You got to buy out Anthony Rendon almost. I mean, I don't know. You don't buy him out, but 238 million dollars for Anthony Rendon. I mean, it's got to be up there with a, with as bad. You know, but pick, why are we grabbing, mocking Arde Moreno for? He's like, okay, yes, yes. People giving me advice. I will buy this player for you to make a better team because he's hired a bunch of people that are supposed to make these decisions for them, for him, and he has still not won a championship despite all those resources. Well, it's see, a great franchise to buy. He's hired bad GMs. Well, if you, but that's his job. What's Jerry, what do you guys think of Jerry Jones? Let me ask you that. What do you think of Jerry Jones? Terrible owner. T- really? He has become a terrible owner over time. I don't know about that. His reputation as an owner. I think is driven by the Herschel Walker trade that changed the franchise of a once in a sport sort of event that helped them get a dynasty. And instead of relinquishing control, he didn't keep the dynasty. He got rid of Jimmy Johnson. That was the biggest mistake he could have made. Brought in Barry Switzer. This is when I was still paying attention to football. I remember this. This was a big old deal right back then. That was a terrible play on his part. If he had kept Jimmy Johnson in that spot, they win two to three more Super Bowls, period. But he didn't want him. He wanted he wanted to be the king. Ego. It's all ego. All ego with Jerry Jones. Not a good owner. Not a good owner. But because he had some success as an owner, because his team won for a while, and they were really good for a little while, he has a reputation for being a better owner than he actually is. He's become a bad owner over time. What does this have to do with second base? You asked. <laughs> it doesn't. It had to do, oh, no, I didn't it had ask. To do. It had to do. It had to do with Artie oh, Moreno. With Artie Moreno. <laughs> with Artie Moreno. You brought up Luis Rengifo. Yeah, you, you you brought Luis Rengifo into this. I brought Luis Rengifo into this, and then you started talking about how good the Angels are. No, I didn't say they were good. I said they got to revamp the entire team, and he might not be there. Rengifo, I think is uh is is good. I think he's good. I I traded for him in uh, AL only. Uh, like two months ago, he's been he's been really really valuable in in that format. And I'm looking right now: eleven home runs, five stolen bases, sort of like a better better in uh, average than OBP for sure. But um, you know, a guy who's going to play, I think he's he's like John Segura, and I don't mind having guys like that. This is one of the lessons uh, that that I've taken into this season. It's it's not bad to get a boring guy who's just going to accumulate runs, accumulate at bats, because good things happen when you get to play. You know, bad things happen when you sit. That's that's the challenge. You you want to get guys who are going to play. So Rengifo is a guy that I really like. Jean Segura is a guy that I really like. Nolan Gorman, yeah, two thirty seven. I kind of nailed that one. Um, and then uh, Chris Taylor's not going to have the second base eligibility. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's a guy I want to ask about. Is there any value to take a look, Nando, pull up the stats on Harold Castro? Sure. Well, why? I have those committed to memory. Great. Yeah. Harold Castro is, I'm asking you, DVR, on Harold Castro, is there value to a player like that in a 15-team league? He's getting the at-bats, a terrible team, terrible offense, but he's getting the at-bats and he, he has a pretty decent average, doesn't really run, not much power. I mean, obviously, he's like a poor man's Jeff McNeil, who's another second baseman that I, I kind of like for the cheap price. But is there value there, or do you prefer Ramon Urias? I think Urias is probably a little better because there's more power. Uh, I do think the value of someone like a Harold Castro can just be 
especially in leagues where you get those midseason changes like NFBC, not taking a zero. But I do think if you're using Castro in that role, you're keeping an eye on the waiver wire every single week, trying to find someone that can do a little bit more. You'd like a guy that either at least offers some more power or more speed. You might not get both in season, but I think Castro is at least good enough to be a temporary solution when the schedule lines up right, or at least to be that fallback option that can play a couple spots. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel. And Gavin Lux, by the way, Nando's been banging the drum for Lux for years. I own him in a league. I've enjoyed owning him. And with a 296 average and a 372 OBP, the only downside on Lux is that he's not playing every day now with the Gallo trade. Um, with Gallo moving over now, he's just getting, he doesn't have quite as much playing time. But going into next year, you're going to be able to get Lux. I'm going to say you're going to get Lux in the 13th round, 12th round. I think it'll be later. I think it'll be later than that. Do you really? Yeah, he might go a little later than that. I think people have, really? have got Gavin Lux fatigue, even exactly. though average is good. Average is good. There is some speed. He's probably going to finish, like, I don't know, maybe he'll get to 10 steals. Probably will fall just short of 10 homers. Yeah, players like that, even even on good teams when they hit for average, I think get a little undervalued, especially when it's been a couple of years with expectations that were quite a bit higher than that. I mean, you know, I mean, what I want to say is, is that guys like that are, are what win you leagues. I mean, because, you know, everyone so wants to the flash and everyone wants the, 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 the you know, the, uh, the Andres Jimenez in the fifth round. But if you're going to spend, you know, $28 in an auction on Andres Jimenez or $24 and you can get Gavin Lux for $6, that $18 can be used in other ways that really can bring a lot of value, a lot of value to your team. There you go, Ariel. I know you do enjoy it. But I mean, so Ian, the theme that I'm catching from you is like baseline, kind of like safety. And like, that's where, again, where I think you and I like part ways. Like I, like I look at these second basemen and I'm like, I guess like Hassan Kim doesn't, he's not going to have it next year either. And like Nolan Gorman, for instance, like I'm looking at Nolan Gorman and being like, that guy could hit 35 home runs next year from second base. Um, could. You know, the, the average may or may not be there, but when, like when you're 22 and just get called up, I'm willing to give 235 a pass and consider, you know, maybe it's like 285 next year, you know? Yeah, if you ask me, do I would I rather have Luis Arias or Nolan Gorman? It's not close. Arias will go before Gorman, though, and, and you're in this scenario you guys are painting, though, right? Arias mm-hmm. is like almost a, a, a fantasy asset, like capital F, capital A at this point, right? Yeah, he's been struggling quite a bit over the course of the last month, like really, really struggling. Uh, but if he, if he, he is still Luis Arias. And he's 97 overall. I don't know where DVR, where does Luis Arias go next year? And if he's at that spot, are you considering him? I think he's probably a 15th round or later in a 15 teamer. Really? All right. So really? Is he an everyday player? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Next year though. Like I, I don't think he's an everyday player next year. I think he's kind of back in that super utility role. I think they like him. I, I think the problem we're going to have with Arias is, always going to be similar to the problem we're having with Lux right now. I think with Lux, there's still that little glimmer of hope of more power showing up eventually. And I think we're more confident in Lux's speed than we are in Arias's speed too. I mean, look at Luis Arias as a base dealer. He is 8-4-16 in his career. Yeah, that's true. Great, set, great source of average. Fits in certain formats. Fits really well in mono leagues. But I think he's a, yeah, a challenging player to roster in, in a lot of mixed leagues. Well, that's where that's where I ha- I traded for him. I traded Jorge Mateo for him, pretty much, uh, to get runs and to get uh, average. Steve Gardner has been enjoying the Mateo and the AL only of it all. I don't know, man. I mean, so to me, if you're offering me Nolan Gorman or Luis Arias next year, I'm taking Luis Arias for sure. But you're at the same spot. But I mean, like at the same spot, like you got to get into. Would you like a? $11 Luis Arias or a $7 Nolan Gorman, I think is what you're talking about. No, I think if you put it into uh, auction dollars, I think there's someone in the room that will always pay the extra few bucks for Gorman. I like Gorman as a toss-up here. I think Nando's right. Oh, he's back. That's right, boys. Someone's sick of Ian. Yeah. Nando's just like, I'm, I'm all right. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> right, thank you, and I'm out of here. I got my little... That's good. All right, yeah, so if Arias, let's just do it. Uh, Nolan Gorman, $7, going once, going twice. I'll go 10. 
Nolan Gorman, $10 going once. Uh, is this 15 team going mixed league? Twice. 15 <laughs> team mixed. Okay. Two catchers. Yes. 15, yeah, I'll go, $10. Uh, I'll, no, I'll, jump I'll jump into 14. I'll jump into 14. You know, it'll get there eventually. It'll get there eventually. It Maybe. Will not That's a good strategic bid. I, I like that. I. I'm tripping over my cheat sheets. I just knocked a coffee off my desk. <laughs> He's I'm, like, what, $14? I'm so flustered at $14. What am I going to do? Okay, and now let's do Luis Arias. Luis, I'm bidding. Luis Arias, $7. Uh, $7 going once. Hey, I got $8 over here. $8 going once. $8 go. I got $9 from Patrick Davitt. Nine, $9, $9, $9 going go. once. No, sorry, it's $9 <laughs> to bid. $10, I got $10, $10 from Ian Khan. I got $10 going $10. once. $10 going to oh, $11, $11 Todd Zola. $11 going once. $11 going twice. Sold. You guys yeah, both I, lost I, out on Luis Arias, $11. Well, that that's my spot, right? I think I feel like that's that's a – but it also depends, of course, on where we are in the bidding, how many second basemen are left that I still like. And I probably would have – actually probably would have gone to 12 had you guys not just taken a, taken a trash heap to Luis Arias. I do think there's value there. <laughs> I do. I think there's value there. There's a lot, uh, of, a lot of There runs. is. It's a lot of runs. 72 it's, runs. He's five foot ten playing first base. Gotta love that. It's Jeff McNeil's profile. It's the same profile. And the only difference is in the year of the rabbit ball, McNeil somehow popped 23 home runs. And we're never going to figure out how that happened beyond the ball. It is. It will, it will never profile, make sense. Not as many runs for McNeil. Not as many runs as Arias. Where are you guys on Nick Madrigal? Out of, just out of curiosity. That's a good question, actually. He's similar kind of now. player. Yeah. 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 So then so then it goes to I wonder if his fiance no. is still best friends with uh well he's not even Clint Frazier anymore. What is he Jackson Frazier now? He's Jackson. Did he change his name? Yeah, yeah changed his Are name. Are you serious? Well, I mean, he's Holy always smoke. he's always been he you know, he says like everyone's always called me Jackson. That changes my feelings about him now. I have different uh, good feelings. or bad. I think uh better. I like I I don't know something about the name Clint. It's just Clint. I like Jackson better. Jackson Jackson Frazier. It's like really, it's like, wow, good name. Good name. I like that name. He's been struggling. He's been struggling as Jackson. He's been struggling as Clint. <laughs> That's true. But I guess so. So at the end of the day now, you know, the Jose Ramirez coming into the season was far and away the best third baseman in baseball. Devers was close. Arenado, blah, blah, blah. It was like, how much of a premium do you pay now for the Marcus Simeons? For the Jose Altuve's, for the Tommy Edmonds, do you pay the big premium for that? DVR, do you pay it? I think something has changed in fantasy baseball in the last 10 plus years. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong because you've been playing this entire time and, and dealing with these same kinds of problems every draft season. I feel like we used to have more of a tax when there was positional scarcity. I think back to peak Buster Posey. I never had peak Buster Posey on my team because I felt like that tax was too much. It was always it was, the idea of having Buster Posey was great. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got the best catcher in the pool. He's going to hit for average. His power, his run production, he plays more. Great. That's a great idea. Oh, but Buster Posey's a late first rounder. Buster Posey's a second rounder. And I'd look at him and say, I see more of a third or fourth rounder. He never falls to then. I never get him. I don't think we're getting the same kind of inflation or tax put on top of positional scarcity the way we used to. It, it, am I missing something? Is it happening and I'm just more willing to pay it? Or is that actually the case where things have, have mellowed out? Whereas now, now when you look at the pool of using catchers again as an example, catchers rarely go inside the top 50 overall. We talked about that. We, you know, I got a lot of feedback about that uh, from our show last week where uh, Nando DVNR were talking about catchers versus closers in terms of um, the value and, and where you would go. So first I'm going to answer this question. I think scarcity does matter a lot. I know for, for Glenn Colton, it matters a lot. It's one of the smart rules. Uh, I think S is scarcity. Um, it matters for me, you know, but I also like to play that against and sort of see where is there going to be a guy? Where, where's the sweet spot in this? Because there's always a sweet spot. Or a hot spot, as Ariel Cohen would call it. Um, I just wonder where that hot spot's going to be for second base. And it's kind of strange that we're talking about offseason, but I think we, we, uh, 
And we, there, there is a lot to talk about at, at end of season play going on right now. I've got a lot going on in a lot of different leagues where it's just like, all right, how this goes over the course of the next couple of days, this next couple of weeks is going to change everything between first and second place. Um, but th- but it, it, it is it's still just interesting and, and, and sort of fun to uh, to dive into, I have to say. So scarcity for me still matters. Um, and but but I don't know that but I scarcity love subjective. That's my problem. Is scarcity subjective, I think. Like I, I look at the bottom of the second base list and I see a lot of players I like and you don't. And so like you're seeing it as scarce and I'm seeing it as not as I mean, I still see it as scarce, but I still I see like safety nets, I guess, around. I mean, one thing that you could do if you wanted to kind of screw the league is you could take two really good second basemen. You know, like yeah. grab if, if, if in the fifth you decided to go, especially because Jimenez has shortstop eligibility as well. If you grab if you're at the wheel and you grab Altuve and Jimenez, all of a sudden there's some scarcity. Because what you would expect is that most of the middle infield slots are going to be taken by shortstops. So you can be safe. You know, it's probably only going to be in a 15-team league, like 18 second basemen taken. Well, you could change that. You know, you that's that's one way to uh, kind of tip the, tip the field. I do think scarcity matters with catchers. And we talked about that last week, too. It's like, where, where does the run end? Where does the run end? And can you help facilitate that end of the run? It's one of like the first rules of fantasy baseball that I remember is like take the last guy from that tier. If that last guy from that tier is still available, you got to grab him because it then jumps everybody else. And then with auction strategy, there's there's a tip about like don't don't bid the next guy on the list. Bid like two guys down so that you make a uh, the one guy who's left that much more expensive. It's it's interesting stuff, and we're gonna have a lot of time in the offseason. By the way, I did speak to Ariel. And he called me up. Here comes a new another Ariel Cohen impression. He he does enjoy these impressions very much. He plays them for his wife. So I'm going to do one more. Thing. Well, you know, I I, I got to tell <laughs> you does, that. It, does his wife enjoy these? Yes, his wife loves. Okay, them. All right. they, they they call me up. And they, yeah, she really likes it. It's, it's a really good impression. I mean, she's like, I don't know if I'm married to to you or to to the guy on the radio. Um, but what he said was, um, <laughs> you know, I listened to the show. It's a really good show. Really, you know, really good show. Better when I'm on, but still a really good show. Uh, anyway, um. I have to agree with you. I, I I definitely definitely think that relievers are the more valued uh, than than the catchers. So anyway, I told you I was going to call Ariel Cohen and ask him. Um, he actually called me and said I have an opinion on this DVR. That is the answer to our last week's question of what Ariel Cohen. Not that Ariel Cohen is the authority on everything. He's not posting the standings anymore. Oh, that was. <laughs> I guarantee after this show, people listening to this right now are probably going to wonder why there was a jump cut there. It's because no, the second the second we're off, Ian's gonna be like, guys, cut that out, please. I feel bad. No, I'm not. No, no, no. He's a good guy. He's not. He's not posting his standings anymore. It's a good thing. It's a good thing that he's not posting his standings. Yeah, People I think I know. What we all we know what you mean by that. Well, but uh, no, but he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, and uh, and and so much fun. And in GDD, about a week ago, he was like, hey, "It's over." I mean, you got it. You you and Rob are gonna win, and and Derek and I are out. Like, because it's he and I are one two in that league. Kind of twenty points ahead of the pack, though. Frankie Stample is climbing. Dirk Van Riper sticking right there, ready to ready to jump into the fray. And I said to him, I was like, "It's really not over, Ariel." He's like, "Nah, it's pretty much over." And then I said, "Yeah, but the numbers like things could change. Like a couple of things happen, and it could all change." And then he he texted me like four days later. He goes, "We're back in it. You're." In <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the you, the, the vengeful Ariel voice you've got going now. <laughs> it comes the Cobra it Commander, like yeah. a John Mulaney voice when it's vengeful Ariel Cohen. You're in trouble. Yeah, we're going to get you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Told you. You might catch us. Hulk Ariel voice. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It, it's every day. I'm at the point. Uh, DVR, are you at this point? I know, Nando, you're sort of just. But are you at the point now where you're looking at players on your teams and saying, I need you to succeed because that's going to help me win this league. But wait a minute. He's on the other team in this league that I'm fighting for the championship. And on this team in the other league where I'm fighting for the championship. Do I want him to succeed? Do I not want him to succeed? It's just a, a crazy experience. Nah, I just go outside and enjoy the nice weather and relax, take a deep breath. And this guy's gotten so zen since his move. TVR just having a picnic. No, you know what? I have a picnic. I go get a loaf of bread and some salami and just relax. I'll tell you what. Uh, in the Devil's Rejects League, it was a week. It was the trade deadline. Actually, the trade deadline is tonight. But there's two teams that are in it. It's uh, myself and Wilson Cameron versus Greg Wellmeyer. And Greg has been in first place pretty much the whole season. 
and we just took the lead a couple of days ago and there has been a there was a flurry of trades monday between like 5 p.m and 7 p.m where it was like it was it was ridiculous and matt eddie like totally hooked him up with Dansby Swanson in a good trade that, that served Matt long-term, I believe getting Fran Valdez and some other pieces. Um, we picked up Cedric Mullins in a trade for Byron Buxton and, um, Oh God. And Oliveris. And we also picked up, uh, Andrew Benintendi for Lazaro Montas because it's all about OBP and all about stolen bases right now. So, uh, and pitching. And then Aaron Nola last night gave up eight runs, uh, in two innings for my team. For our team, for Wilson and my team, not so much fun. Also hurt us, uh, Rob Mershak and I, in DL one. Uh, it's been, it's just, it's, it's just like a every day. It's like, all right, where are we in this one? Where, how's it going in this one? How's it going in this one? But overall, a lot of fun and going well and holding on in in a lot of leagues. It's going great. It's going great. Really great. Really fun. Are you just being coy? I feel like you're just being coy now. Nah, just it's a lot of. You know, uh, DVR has got the lead in Maki. He's he's. I don't think you're running away, but you're you're running away from me, me and Doctor Thomas Scott. But uh, other than that one, right now in pole position, pretty much everywhere except for Eno's league. I call it Eno's league AL labor now. But <laughs> catch, well, he's got 113 points. But now uh, he uh, <laughs> he wrote me the nicest sweet text. He was like, "Stop it!" He just wrote, "Stop it." Because I was like down in the 70s, but now I'm climbing. I'm up to 92. Uh, he's at 113, so I'm not going to catch him. But I'm going to put up a number next to him. Um, but it's been it's been a good it's been a good run. It's been a lot of fun. Last four weeks, it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath, really. And like, you, do you guys ever like say, oh god, I'll, all right, I'll give up this championship if I can win this one. I really want to win this one. This is the one I want to win. That's kind of where I'm living right now. I'm just kind of like, eh, well, which one do I, which one which one's going to come through? Are any of them going to come through? Maybe none of them are going to come through. You know, nothing is nothing is set in stone. Cushing, who just had a great thing happen for it? his he, life. He posted that like on social. Oh, right. He posted on social. So he just had a baby. Mazel tov, uh, as our people say, uh, is is grabbing at us in DL1. He's up to 135, I think. And we're at 142. So he's coming in a 15-team league. It's an old school fight. So it's just been, it's just a real it's just a bloodbath everywhere. It's just a fight everywhere. And uh, kind of awesome. Like, what more can you ask? And Fred Weller. Fred Weller. Famous actor, Fred Weller. If you don't know who he is, we've talked about him on the show. He's RoboCop. Uh, Fred and I... He's not RoboCop. His uncle's RoboCop. Nephew. I know, yeah. Right. He, Fred's got his own career that's really quite successful. Um, but Fred and I are him up. playing Didn't we Google other. him live on the show? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And Fred and I are fighting for the fourth slot in the playoffs in my old head-to-head friends and family league. And he sent me a song. Is this head-to-head uh, categories or head-to-head points? Head-to-head categories. So awesome. And he, I'm up by one game, two in the loss column. And uh, and we're playing each other in the last week. It's like perfect. And he wrote me this like really nasty text. You're going down. You're going down. You know, something like that. And I wrote back. I was like, listen, man, it's just going to be so much fun. If you win, I'll be cheering for you. And, then, and he was like, okay, fine. Let's be nice. But then he sent me this really funny uh, song called Knock, Knock, Knocking on Ian's Door, which I think if DVR says yes, we're going to <laughs> put as a post-credit. Or is that correct? I love DVR? that we've painted DVR as this villain I, who doesn't let you play the fun thing. I think as long as Fred's on board with it. Oh, right. Up, I got yeah, to check with Fred. I got to check with Fred. Um, but, you know, but that's that's the plan. That's the plan is that Fred is, uh, you'll, you'll hear this. So it's it's just a really exciting time. And, and the other thing is, like, just keep trucking along, man, especially in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. It's just a prime, prime time to pick up guys like Hunter Brown. Like he's available. He's going to be available in leagues where he's showing up and he wasn't, you know, he's not available up until now. I'm like, go get him. Go, go keep making your team better. You're going to be glad that you did. Everyone else is going to be focusing on what the Dallas Cowboys are doing, what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing. Focus on the Pirates. I'm on Fred Weller's IMDb page. It's good. I seem distracted. He was in Armageddon. Dude, he, one of the best theater actors of our generation, period. But also, he was DVR, do you have any? Again. Yeah, he, yeah, he was. Yeah. DVR, do you have any uh, any advice for our listeners as they go into their last month? Don't oh, overlook the Nando the guys. Tout, the tout table. I did put it in the tout table, but DVR, what is your what is your thought? 
Don't overlook the Nando guys. I think for me, that's just taking a chance on on two of the players that are getting that chance, right? So Joey Manessis, if he keeps playing every day, he might actually be good. And I think the hardest decisions you have to make sometimes are playing guys like that over some of your mid and late round picks from draft day that have either faded or maybe they're dealing with some some injuries or their roles have changed a little bit. You know, Stone Garrett. Players like Stone Garrett end up being difference makers at the end of the season when the playing time ticks up the way that it has for him. Do you know that Fred Weller's wife was in Bull? Yes, yes. <laughs> and her I, Fred Weller's her Fred, stepmother is Dixie Carter of Designing Women fame. Fred Weller's wife and I did a TV show together. We were the two stars of a television show together when we were in our early 20s. It was like my first big gig. I was 22 years old, and I played the lead on a series called The Palace, which was written and created by Glenn Gordon Karen, who created uh, Moonlighting. And that was my first like big job where everyone, where he was just like, I'm going to make you the next Bruce Willis. And I was like, sounds right. I'm down. Let's go. Yeah. And Allie, Allie Marsh is his lovely wife, uh, and she and I were the lead male and female on that TV show. All That's those years awesome. back. That's pretty yeah. great. She was in The Affair. She was in Wet Hot American Summer, first day of camp. She was on Seinfeld. She's, she's, a, she's a fine actress. You, you will recognize her. She's an excellent actress and a, and a very kind woman. And she was in Children's Hospital, too. It seems like she's in on that, uh, uh, that group, that Ken Marino group, right? Yeah, I think that's probably right. All right, I'll stop. I'll stop. Do you ever meet Ken Marino? Is Ken Marino a nice guy, Ian? I don't really know him. All right. I only met him briefly. That's cool. Um, you met him though. He seemed nice. No, he seemed nice. From yeah, right. I, I, don't, I mean, I know Fred. Fred and I did a play together for four months in New York, where every night we were playing. We were playing best friends in the play, and he was dying, and I was his doctor. It's it pretty intense play. <laughs> Do you <laughs> was, go out was, when you're done with that? Is that like, so I've always been fat. You know, like people who hang out at like these theater bars in New York. You know, like oh, you know, I ran into this actor who was you know just having a whiskey and like hanging out. You know, and he's you know he's super nice and talked to us forever, and we shut down the bar. Like, was that what you guys would do after the shows? Would you go out and be like, let's go to this bar and, you know, hang out? Oh, sweet. We just got a big yes exclamation mark. To be on, I'd be honored. Okay. All cool. right. So Fred we Weller. Can, we well, yeah, nice. Fred Weller. Fred Weller, friend of the show. Uh, Fred Weller, friend of the show. Uh, no, I, my, son, my older son had just been born. So I uh, literally would leave the theater and, like, dash home. The weird thing is, is that the Lucille Lortel Theater, which is on Bleecker. Uh, oh, God, it's Bleecker Street, right? God, I. I can't believe I don't know this offhand. Literally a block and a half from where I lived for 10 years in a crappy studio apartment on Barrow Street. Great street on the fifth, a fifth floor walk up that was like $1,000 a month that I lived in for 10 years. And every for 10 years, I would walk by that theater and I would just be like, oh, God, one day I got to be in the show. I got to be in the show here. Like it's literally down the block from my house. That would be the greatest thing in the world. I moved, got a show there. Yep. We got to go. Yeah, we do got to go. I got to run. You know what? I'm so out of it. I don't even have like for the man who. For the man who we have missed so terribly and <laughs> desperately and are so happy to have back and wish him all the good fortune in the world. Nando DeFino. Hey. For the man who has chilled out so very much that when in doubt, instead of worrying about how things are going to go in his fantasy baseball league, he's going to go out to take a hazel for a nice Long, sweet walk. Derek Van Riper. His carbon footprint is bigger than Bigfoot's. I'm, I'm Ian Khan. That's who I am. <laughs> uh, doing a finish for Nato Dufino. It's great to have you back. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to see you again back here next week. I'll be home, and I'm looking forward to it. See you next time. Bye. Bye.